He is the official doctor of Sports Central on 720 WGN, Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Lake Forest Hospital. Doctor, good evening. Thank you for taking time. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, it's good to be back with you guys. How are you? Hey, Andy, I missed your big news. What, what What's the promotion? Uh, the promotion, I'm going to be uh, doing the, uh, the White Sox ball games here on the radio. Play by play. Oh yeah. wow! Congratulations. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Doctor. Great. Uh, very nice. I asked for Andy's autograph when I walked in tonight, Doctor, and and he said no. But <laughs> well, he, I asked him how much money he had in his wallet first. Right, right. But no, it's uh, we're, we're everybody is excited to hear uh, Andy and DJ coming up here on, starting on July the twenty fourth. Where are we, Doctor? As far as you know, everything that you're. You're seeing in Florida and Texas and Arizona and what's happening. Is any of this a surprise to you when we see uh, the the positivity test rate that's happening and uh, the death rate coming up? It's, this is this is not good. Are you the least bit surprised considering the way we're going about the thing? It's, it's such a good question and it's multifaceted. Um, first of all, yeah, I'm surprised. When the first time I was on with you guys, we were talking about when we got into the summer with the nice weather, we expected COVID would become dormant or close to dormant. Because that's the way that most respiratory viruses work. If you think about how the seasonal flu works, we have a bad winter with the flu even going into the spring. By the time we get into the summer, the flu goes dormant. We don't have it. And that was the expectation with COVID. It's a coronavirus, and that's what we thought would happen. And it, it hasn't happened. Anything would say the southern United States, where clearly it's quite warm and humid, the opposite is happening. So I think we're all surprised. Um, all of us who spent a lot of time thinking about the um, public health impact of COVID, we're all surprised. Um, We're learning every single day. Now, what's going on in the South is way different than the experience we had up here when we had the um, the really dark days of COVID back in April and the first part of May. Um, These are mostly younger people, at least to date, who are getting the COVID infections. Um, We've all been reading and seeing about how Bars, when they were open, were packed. And that actually leads to a really interesting observation. What was the difference in Arizona, Florida, and Texas about these bars and nightclubs this month in July in the last part of June compared to May in the first part of June after these these establishments were open? And the difference is the weather got really hot and humid. So instead of staying outside to party, people were going inside. And one thing we already knew about COVID is being indoors in a crowded room with lots of people not wearing masks. And we've all been in bars drinking. We know what that's like. A bar, a crowded bar, would seem to be the ideal place for COVID to be transmitted. So I think that's what we have seen. I think that's probably the nightest of infection is tearing through the states, isn't it? It's um, 
it's really a problem. It's scary to see, and let's hope that we don't we don't reprise the experience that we had back in um, April and May. All right, Doctor, just, just to clarify as well, because you know a lot of people are, are waiting, quote unquote, for the second wave, but this is still pretty much the first wave of this, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And what does that mean as far as should we be playing sports? Should these guys be out there on the field at all? Yeah, well, this is definitely still the first wave. Dr. Fauci has been talking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I I agree with him. By the way, who am I to disagree with Dr. Fauci? (laughs) Um, I think he's absolutely right. This is still the first wave. I think the the right analogy to what's going on is think of COVID as just a river, and the rivers just keep running. And we're not going to be able to stop the water. And it's the same thing with COVID right now. It's all part of the same wave. Now, in terms of sports, you know, let's think about where we've seen so much infection. Think about the southern colleges and universities, um, what happened at Clemson, the number of players there a couple of weeks ago that were found to be infected. There should be no surprise if the general population has that much infection it's not a surprise that the athletes would have it, too. The good news, though, is look at Europe. Um, now, in Western Europe, the infection rates are relatively low right now, and the Premier League is playing, La Liga is playing, um, the Bundesliga is playing. So all the, European, the European professional soccer leagues are playing. I checked today um, – the Premier League publishes on its website every week its COVID testing among players and staff, coaches and staff. They do about 2,000 tests a week. And um, in the last week, they've had exactly one positive. So if there's one place where I think we can take some optimism for the possibility of playing professional sports, um, it's looking at what's going on in Europe. Dr. Jeffrey Copen with us here on 720 WGN. He's the Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine uh, Lake Forest Hospital. So let, here, let me just focus on the NBA specifically. And and by the way, this doesn't have to be just a sports conversation, so we'll bring some of that in here. I have a follow-up question. But I'm just wondering, in, in your mind, Doctor, can you actually create a bubble even if it wasn't in a place like Florida where the tests are, the positive tests are raging right now. But is that realistic? Like, okay, hey, you're all going to go into this square footage of land. You're not going to leave. And we should, in theory, be okay if we do tests every day and we do tracing of, as to where it's coming from. Does that seem like something that's possible to do? Let's hope so. I certainly <laughs> want to see basketball this season, right? Yes. We do. I do. Let's hope it works. I think it's possible, yes, to create a bubble. Uh, the, the procedures the NBA has in place um, seem to be very good. Um, they've brought in all the, you know, the best experts that they could find to help them formulate the protocols they have in place to ensure the safety of the players and staff. The issue is you cannot conclude yourself off totally from the rest of the world, right? I mean, there has to be people who bring in the food and supplies and other things. Um, you can't keep all of that inside your bubble. So it's possible to keep the virus from entering inside the bubble. 
I'm gonna put the doctor. I'm gonna put the doctor on hold. Until, let's let's see if we can just call him back, Curtis, and see if we can get a, a better a better connection here. I, we apologize for that. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Actually, I don't need to give you the phone number here. Doctor Jeffrey Copen's gonna call back in here, but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, literally create a bubble in the middle of everyone's testing positive. Let's see if we can do this. And by, that's a great point. Like, who's bringing in the food? Yeah, who's bringing the food? Who's uh, cleaning the rooms? I mean, uh, things of that nature. You know, when you go to the arena, who's the who's driving right. the bus? Are you walking? I mean, it's. There's a lot of variables in this whole thing that, you know, frankly, I, I don't understand it well enough to, to have an informed opinion about it because, you know, you'd think, in theory, that that would work because everybody's there and you know, if someone has it, you know where to trace it back to. Right. You and and they did all the testing leading into it. I also feel like, to, to me, it feels off that we're seeing lines on the nightly news of people sitting in a car for five hours, waiting eight hours, yeah. waiting for a test, and yet... All our baseball players, all our football players, when that starts up, all our all our basketball players, we're, they're just going to get tests because they're more important than the rest of us. Which I get it; they entertain us, and they're. But it, it a lot of that feels off. Doctor Copen, back back with us here. So, well, just just to wrap that up, you you think that it might be possible, but obviously very challenging because people are going to have to leave the bubble to bring things in. Yeah, it's not so much leaving the bubble as the people bringing things into the bubble, right? And I know that they've, they've very carefully dealt with how they're going to accept deliveries of food and other equipment that they need. Um, but it's, they even have medical care available on site within the bubble. So they, they've really thought through every contingent, contingency. It's, nothing is guaranteed. There's certainly not 100% probability that this will work but i gotta believe that they're about as well set up as anybody can to make this short season work for the nba so doctor i keep hearing this this uh, this term being thrown around maybe you can uh, shine a little more light on it for us this herd immunity concept i mean is that kind of what they're they're looking at here or is that because is that when guys people get infected and they infect each other and then hopefully you get some immunity to it yeah, so the way that a virus is able to work its way through a population, and let's let's think about this novel coronavirus that we know is COVID. None of us have ever seen this before anywhere in the world. This is a brand new virus. There's no experience with it. So none of us have any immunity. So that means anybody who's infected with it is going to get it. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to get deathly ill. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, we know the, the reality is the exact opposite. But we will get infected with this virus. And frankly, we're infected with viruses of, of all types all the time. Most of the time, we don't even know it. We live in a symbiotic relationship with viruses. It's just kind of the ecology of being a living human being on Earth until we meet something like the novel coronavirus. We believe once we get to about 60, 60, 60, 60 to 70 percent of people in a given population who have experienced an infection with this virus, we establish them what's called herd immunity. The virus will not have the ability to infect new people, and the virus will then die out is there won't be anybody else to infect. So that's what the notion is of herd immunity. Doctor, what? how much more 
do you know about why it affects certain people to the point that they're no longer with us? And that includes young people. I was reading about a 30-year-old who went to a COVID party. They knew somebody was, test- was tested positive, and they go to the COVID party like, well, let's see who gets it. And, and this person gets it, and they end up dying. Um, and and I, the quote in the paper was like, uh, well, I guess it's not a hoax. I'm assuming this is a true story. Um, but so wh- what, what do we know now about why it affects certain people differently, if anything? Yeah, we really don't know yet, unfortunately. So I'll tell you what we do know, and then I can tell you what we're thinking, but only time will tell. Okay. So, so far in the United States, 80%, it's probably now a little bit more than 80% of all individuals who've been infected with covid are younger than the age of 65. Okay. But 80% of those who have died of COVID infection are over the age of 65. All right, so that's that's fact number one, which is really, really important. Number two, if we look at the number of people under the age of 30 who have died of COVID, it's a very, very small percentage of the total number of people who've died in the United States. We've now had over 130,000 people perish due to this virus. Of the 130,000, it's just several thousand that are under the age of 30. It's a very small percentage, yet it's totally tragic, correct? I mean, we read about a 30-year-old who apparently was in good health who died. It's totally tragic. We don't want to see these kinds of things happen. So why is it that that young man died where 99-plus percent, and it's 99.9 percent, more than that, of people who are 30 and healthy survive an infection? And the answer is we don't know. We absolutely don't know. There's a ton of research going on all over the world trying to understand the immunological um, response to infection with this virus. Um, but it's we're just in the beginning of trying to unravel the the um, riddle of why it is that um, that some people die where the vast majority of other people do not. Doctor, I, I'm going to ask you again about the vaccine because we I know we talked about this the last time we we visited, which was a little while ago. But you know, at the same time, there, there's a lot of talk about maybe some companies were ahead of the game a little bit because there was some other things they were working on that might have been close to to what the coronavirus is is presenting. Uh, how does that working out? And when when do you think logistically and logically we might be able to talk about a vaccine? Yeah, so since we talked about this last, um, a number of companies around the world have started phase three trials. Those are the big trials that look at the efficacy, the ability of the, of the vaccine actually to provide an individual with immunity against the virus. So that, those studies are just getting going. Um, there's now over 160 vaccine development um, attempts going on around the world using different kinds of technologies. So I I don't think there's any question that we will have a vaccine. The only problem is when. Um, I don't see that we're going to have the vaccine in this calendar year. And I think it would be quite a scientific and engineering achievement to have a vaccine by the first part of 2021. Then once we have the vaccine, it's a question about the manufacturer of the vaccine. Think about the number of doses of this vaccine that doesn't even exist yet 
that right. we're going to need. You know, it's the United States. We're talking about, what, 300 million doses, potentially? Yeah. That's just for the United States. There's 7 billion people in the world. That's billion, like Austin Powers, right? Billion. Um, how, how are we going to manufacture so much so fast? So there's a lot of challenges. We still don't know about side effects, with this vaccine, that's something that's going to be really important. And we don't yet know about the efficacy. You know, how protective will the new vaccine be? Um, I, I, I'm not holding my breath to see that we're going to solve the, this problem of the COVID with the, with the mass avail- availability of a vaccine. So let me just ask you something that's Unique to me, or not? I don't. Know if it's not unique to me, but something that I, I'm considering, doctor. So I've got a, I got an old dad who who is not a great driver, and I'm like, do I have him drive to dinner, right, and meet me, or can I pick him up and put him in the back seat, and he wears a mask and I wear a mask, and now we're in this car? Is that safe for if you're picking up a person that's, as you put, the people that are dying are 80 percent of them are over the age of 65, or is it is that a bad idea to be in the same car with somebody? who's in that predicament. I mean, obviously, I, th- I think I don't have it, but I, who, who knows what's going on, right? Right. So I, I think you could keep the windows open, seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you have the windows closed, even with the air conditioning on, there's a risk. You know, it's a confined space. And that's what we know about this virus. Um, somebody who has it, who's expelling in his or her breath the, vi- the virus, in a confined space, and I keep coming back to that, is likely going to give that virus to individuals who are in the confined space with him or her. Um, it's a really important concept that we all need to understand. So if you had the windows open, um, I would not be that concerned, especially if you are masked. Remember, your dad wearing a mask helps to protect you, but it, pro- it, it, it it's unlikely to provide much much safety for him. Interesting. The mask that you wear is for him much more than the mask that he is wearing is for him. I didn't realize that. I because I, you know you when you get in an elevator, I'm like okay, my mask is on, but that doesn't really matter. You have to if you if you're on an elevator and the elevator stops and somebody gets on the elevator who's not wearing a mask, get off the elevator. Just get off and wait for the next one. Okay, that, that's my recommendation. Do not be in a confined space with other people who are not within your inner circle who are not wearing a mask. It's dangerous. All right, Doctor, you're the best. We appreciate it every time you come on. We'll we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. So thank you so much for doing this tonight. All right, now I'm looking forward to you finally be able to talk about a real ball game. So How about that? I'm home. ready too. fingers are crossed on that one for sure thanks so much dr copen all right you know what guys before i get off just one thing to put into all the listeners heads. yeah and this is also really important when we get into the fall and it's going to be here before we know it unfortunately when we start to offer seasonal influenza vaccine seasonal flu vaccine everybody and i mean everybody needs to get that vaccine we potentially are going to have a public health disaster and a medical problem if we have a second wave of COVID together with seasonal influenza. So all, all of us in the medical profession are going to be out 
strongly, strongly, strongly recommending that everybody get the seasonal flu vaccine when it's available in the fall. And it's not too soon for all your listeners just to put it in the back of their mind that once I see that the seasonal flu vaccine is available, please go get it because we can get herd immunity on seasonal flu. And that's going to be really important. Thank you for saying that, Doctor. And I, I, I was listening. I'm sure everybody else was, too. So th- thank you thank you for being on. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my vaccine, get a nice needle into the arm. Can't wait. I'm tough. <laughs> I'm tough, Doc. You know this, right? Yeah. I only cry just a little. Just yeah. a little I'm not going to hold your hand this <laughs> yeah. time. Try to get one of those COVID notes. Then you'll really know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did it once, but uh, maybe we'll do it again. All right, Dr. Jeffrey Copen, MD, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital. Thanks again, and a quick timeout, 720 WGN.